0: Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. Reclamation is a project that we have started to explore faith and what it might look like outside of institutional churches. Our conviction is that someone losing faith in the church doesn't necessarily mean that they've lost their faith. Our passion is for an authentic pursuit of faith that impacts every area of our lives and world. Our hope is to help spiritually displaced people reclaim their role in God's story.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Reclamation Faith podcast. Josh and Allison are here.
0: Hi, everyone. And
1: it's so good to be recording again I after know. a bit of a hiatus. It has been
0: great. Yeah. We, as those of you who follow us on Instagram or Facebook have seen, we had, I shared sort of a vulnerable post last two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, just about.
0: Two weeks ago, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And um, we just wanted to give no more than two minutes (laughs) to that situation um based on last week's episode or last episode we were asked to leave a community that we love um and that has been so heartbreaking for both of us for me Mm -hmm. especially um and yeah I think we have felt your prayers. So thank you. Like so many of you reached out, called, texted, um, messaged, commented, and I appreciate that. It really, God used you in that mending of my heart. Um, it's an ongoing process. But I do also want to speak to our last episode because something that Josh and I in like evaluating what we said want to clarify is that for and that we kind of wish we had edited in or had like a thesis statement that was a little more clear. But if you happen to have listened to it or are going to after we (laughs) pique your interest with this apology. Mm -hmm. What could they have said? Um, Then the one thing that we want to make sure that is clarified is that if you desire to persist with Jesus, Um, if you want to reclaim your faith and walk in God's greater story, then absolutely the Bible is an important part of that journey with God. Um, That's not something we were suggesting you throw off or get rid of. uh, But you might want to take a minute or a few days, <laughs> to evaluate how you're thinking about the Bible, what systems do you bring to the Bible and assumptions. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of maybe our concluding statement yeah. on last week's <laughs> episode um, before we launch into this one. But yeah, thank you guys so much yep. for your love and rallying on our behalf.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we, we did take a bit of an L, I think, after that last one with yeah some of our relationships, mm-hmm. and I... I stand by, I think everything we said, Mm -hmm. you know, this isn't like a mea culpa, you know, so much of of like, oh, we messed up. It's more like, oh, you know, we kind of got lost in the weeds a Mm -hmm. little bit. And Mm -hmm. we want to give the concept of the Bible more time and space Mm -hmm. to breathe, because Mm -hmm. we do think it's a lot more complex than maybe what some took from it, which was like, oh, you know, read the Bible or don't, who cares? Like, that's not Mm -hmm. really what we think. But we also think that uh, it's an important and multifaceted topic, so we want to get into that down the road. Not today, <laughs> because I think today... We're stringing
0: you along every way we can.
1: I think today we, we were kind of were thrown for a loop. We took some time off. We nursed our wounds, <laughs> maybe, and we were debating, like, well, what, what do we kind of come uh-huh. back with? You know, what's, what's our next episode going to be? oh uh, because we had some plans right
0: i know i had a kick-ass mother's day post <laughs> not post podcast plan for you all but now the time has passed yeah we were next gonna... year perhaps you will hear my beautiful words on yes. that
1: yeah wait a whole year <laughs> sorry we were going to talk all about how god is a loving mother in a way or like how the mothering love of god which is an idea that doesn't get almost any play mm-hmm. in, in the majority of Christian circles. But I think in evaluating that, we realize, well, for today, let's just talk about the love of God.
0: Right. And
1: yeah. for us, I think both that is such an important and central concept. Absolutely. Uh, to the story. Reality. Mm-hmm. To the story of Jesus, to the story of God and his work in the world. Uh, and yet it's something that I think is so Maybe misunderstood, misapplied. You know, it's tragic, I think, because the love of God is obviously so central. Yeah. And yet, I think it's an area where maybe the church is losing a lot of people at the mm. same time. Mm-hmm. Um, In part because of and this is no surprise that the claim about God's love is not matching up with the actions of the people who bear the name, right? Yeah.
0: So take us through Josh. What's sort of our what's our game plan for this episode? Uh
1: well Oh, (laughs) did you hear
0: those knuckles crack, folks? Oh my gosh. Stretching, stretching.
1: (laughs) Well, um what we want to do, I think, is is one, ask what is the current understanding? Of God's love, right? You know, where where does our mind go when we think about yeah. that idea? When we hear God loves you or God is loving or God is love, where does our mind go? Two, I think we want to ask kind of like, how did we get there? Okay. You know, and what are we missing a little okay. bit in that? And then third, and, and maybe most importantly, I want to make the case, we want to make the case that re- reclaiming an authentic faith, reclaiming a vibrant relationship with god whether you're in the institutional church or not is going to require Mm -hmm. a more robust picture of god's love one how we feel experience and understand that love for ourselves and then how we do the same for others how we understand god's love for others as well as how we then demonstrate
0: put that that into action
1: yeah sure
0: great all right so when you're looking for words there Mm, (laughs) a little bit ago um and talking about the picture or the way that we see God's love most often Mm -hmm. I was feeling like it was like we Mm -hmm. hone in on one teeny aspect of God's love Mm -hmm. in American Christianity I think that's like the general term we're going to Mm -hmm. use today's episode right yeah and I think that is Summed up most perfectly in the Jesus is my boyfriend. Oh, gosh. Great.
1: Okay, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more.
0: Okay, so obviously, well, maybe not obviously, there is the reality that God loves me. God loves you with an emotion, right? Mm. With passion so to speak. And the way that we often attribute or experience that God that God loves us is through an emotional state. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is true. Those things are true. That's like an amazing reality. Like when I feel close to God, I feel a sense of love. When I think about God, I feel love. And those are like really beautiful, good things to lean into and to cultivate mm-hmm. in ourselves as we're following, as we're trying to follow God. And that's just a tiny picture mm-hmm. of so much more of who God is and his love for us.
1: Yeah, we believe that love as it's commonly understood in our culture is, you know, more or less associated with or synonymous with kind of like emotive Mm -hmm. passion and i don't think this is an idea that's really going to be new to many people i've heard this preached lots of different times in lots of different spaces conservative liberal everything like that love is not just
0: you know a feeling right
1: i don't think that's a new concept within most people's like worldview however i think we don't give enough play to how pervasive the idea of individual Mm -hmm. sort of like romantic adjacent love is because I think romantic love rather than being a portrait of like a type of love or maybe as being an example of love has become sort of like the standard yeah and then every other definition of love is sort of like a reflection of that
0: right right
1: and that's I think highly reflective of our culture that we'll get into a little bit like how we got to that point
0: wait romantic adjacent (laughs)
1: <laughs> what do you mean? Like, what did i say that's what you said
0: <laughs> romantic adjacent
1: yeah yeah so love that basically comes down to you know <laughs> how everything is evaluated about my passion towards or feeling towards okay something. Like, okay how much do i care about something yeah and we you know say oh man i love this restaurant or i love this group of friends or I love this movie and, and all, almost all of it is a reflective of like passion, mm-hmm. which is yeah adjacent to like kind of the, the standard, which is romantic love, falling in love. And we know maybe that love is not an emotion, but I think that we still associate the concept of love with an individual choice.
0: Hmm. Okay. And, and
1: that's where I think we've missed a bigger understanding of God's love. Uh, a crucial understanding of God's love. So does that make sense?
0: Definitely. Yeah. But there is, I mean, there is an element of choice.
1: Oh, there definitely is an element of choice for sure. I think what the, the confusion or maybe like kind of the modern understanding of love is that that choice is the ultimate like individual decision Mm -hmm. rather than a bigger sense of responsibility or loyalty. Hmm. So what I'm getting at here is, is, When you read the word love in the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament, you're reading a word that was written in a cultural context in which romance wasn't really a thing.
0: Right. Sorry, Francine Rivers.
1: Sorry. Yeah, that's... And other romantic Bible (laughs) writers. (laughs) Yeah, like the story in Hosea of like the prophet being asked to marry an unfaithful prostitute is not... An idea of his love for her conquering her unfaithfulness in the sense of like I'll still love you no matter what it's you know in that sense of like passion and care and like choice it's more like steadfastness mm-hmm. and it's the same thing you know all throughout the Old Testament where we have this idea of love as loyalty and kindness and provision not just like gut passion hmm. and and similarly in the new testament i think we see that as well right like we were talking about t- two of the biggest letters of the new testament where we talk see love talked about one being first corinthians yeah one being first john and both of these letters talk so much about love but they're written to communities there that, that are experiencing extreme division and so what the authors are are talking about when they say love is not so much oh you know I don't know, choose to feel good about the other party. It's rather choose to make peace with and be in relationship with and seek harmony with those who have who have wronged you. You know, continue to be unified, quote unquote, in love.
0: Right, right. And that was a phrase, Josh, that we kept coming back to, I think, when mm-hmm. we were talking through this episode, guys, was choosing to be in relational harmony. Mm-hmm. And that's demonstrated by God. Mm -hmm. just time and time and time and time again throughout the story of Scripture. And if you talk to anyone who is older (laughs) or who has been a believer for a long time, you're going to see that in their life too. Mm
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the concept that we see, I think, in the Bible over and over is this word in particular called chesed, mm-hmm. which is often translated like loving kindness or steadfast love. And it's used over 250 times in the Old Testament. We see it a lot in the Psalms, but we see yeah. it as early as like Exodus, where, you know, God meets Moses on the mountain and says, I'm a God who's slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, for example. So from the very early on, God is expressing, I'm a God whose character is steadfast love. Now, backing up a little, I think the the thing we need to realize is that love as passion, love as emotive choices, like, oh my gosh, I love this person. I just, I feel joy when I'm with them. I feel uh, exuberance and, you know, butterflies in my stomach and that kind of stuff. That doesn't really exist in the context of a scriptural worldview when the scripture was written. For example, no one married for love right. in the Bible. Uh, it was very economic it was provision uh, yeah Yeah. it was you know um arranged marriages and things like that so love as a romantic concept
0: didn't exist
1: not really yeah not really it didn't exist um did people love each other yeah of course like like for example you know we see in the bible the song of solomon it's this whole book of romantic passion um or we have uh,
0: Rachel yeah
1: Jacob marries Leah, duty um, and responsibility, really but he really
0: has eyes for that other one yeah
1: but he loves Rachel <laughs> uh, and so of course we see it it's there
0: it's not the driving force right it's not the driving force and it's not the main conception of that Word love. No. So when we read it in scripture, like what we just said, that's kind of the exceptions to the rule. Mm -hmm. And more so when people talked about love, it would have been the faithfulness and the choosing to be in the army beside my brothers fighting, (laughs) like that sort of love.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. People experienced emotional love, but it wasn't a societal value.
0: Right. I was just going to, I was just thinking that it was, it existed, of course. And it wasn't something to build your life upon.
1: No, it was not. However... Which,
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't know if I'm getting off the outline here, (laughs) but comparatively, that's almost the only thing we're taught as a culture to build our life on in today's society.
1: Yeah, dude, I would do anything for love. Right? Like, Uh, uh, we will do. Let's hear it, Josh. It is. Like, love as passion is kind of the driving force, like... Throw all of the responsibilities to the wind. If you love something, go after it. Mm -hmm. The love that we read about in scripture is almost the inverse of that, which is your loyalty and your duty to to things and people. So for example, like the Greco-Roman understanding of love is very much bound up in like duty to your fellow warriors or your fellow citizens. And so love is expressed as self-sacrifice for the greater good, not like I'm going to give up all my responsibilities to demonstrate my passion mm-hmm. for this other person that's that's an idea that comes about much later in world history right really
0: what when did it come on the scene
1: well there's a lot well, of wait different... before you
0: go there i sure. want to hear about that but i think it's important to pause um just because josh is saying there wasn't romantic love in the cultural time period mm-hmm. in which the bible was written That's not, we're not saying get back to that, folks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or give up. Or give up romantic love or something. (laughs) See ya, Josh. (laughs) Um, But...
1: (laughs) Uh, I really shot myself in the foot with that one.
0: Anyway, I was going to keep joking. We'll stop there. (laughs) The jokes about that. But anyway, the point is more so that this is, the Bible is a story of God's people across History. God wasn't putting his stamp of approval on this particular culture. The ancient Near East Mm -hmm. didn't have all their stuff figured out and wasn't living like this holier life that we're trying to get back to the culture. Mm -hmm. We're reading this book and we're saying, how can we understand God by looking at the way that God works and reveals himself in that person's culture in that time period? Mm -hmm. What's that enduring? beauty or enduring truth about God and how is that still a reality today Mm -hmm. and so like when we're looking at this concept of love so okay think of like we'll just say eighth grade Allison (laughs) my understanding of love and the importance of love in this world if what I believed about love as an eighth grader didn't even exist when the Bible was written yet god you had people writing 250 times in the old testament about love and countless times countless times in the new testament mm-hmm. about love what was that talking about mm-hmm. what did this mean for that first century person who began to follow jesus right. or for these people in the old testament my goodness who were hearing this who like had
1: heard their god is a god of steadfast love
0: right yeah. so that's why we want to look at the history not cuz the history is like perfect but because we want to sort of um, not dissect, but have like a clear lens of, okay, this was the culture into which all of this was being spoken about and written about. And that's so different from my culture. So what is, what is the underlying reality here? Mm-hmm. And what do I miss? Because I'm in the year 2021 right now. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. Go for it, Josh. Yeah, I, mean, I just felt
0: like we need a little like...
1: No, for sure. I think kind of to summarize what, I hear you saying is, you know, if you're reading the word love in the Bible, and it means one thing to you that's completely different from how the original audience heard that word, we need to do some work.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So to get back kind of to our main point about the love of God, we believe that the idea of emotive love, passion love, the, the love of a spouse, you know, for example, is more of a metaphor for the kind of love that God has rather than the model Hmm. that we should start from. Hmm. And I think in our society, it's very hard to not start there. Right, (laughs) right. So even, even if we know kind of cognitively that God's love is bigger than that, we start from that point of love as being romantic. Part of this, the brief history kind of behind it, is that There's been different periods, especially, you know, a lot of contemporary Christianity is shaped by European thought and civilization. Mm -hmm. And there have been a lot of times in history where the individual and individual autonomy and choice and perspective of the world has shifted. So in the 12th century, for example, there was a a huge movement towards individualism uh, in poetry and art, and a lot of that stemmed from the Christian church, where people started to say that individuals actually have a choice in this matter, and individualism started to to rear up. And so love became much more about um, you know, the humanity of of Christ, for example. And so that was actually, I think, a really beautiful discovery. Um, you know, some people point all the way back to uh St. Augustine and like the confessions, where he talks a lot about love as passion and, and the love that God kindled in his heart. So it's not like a new idea. It's just maybe one that wasn't at the forefront of society, you know, it was a much more of a collectivist society. And then again, in, you know, the late 18th century with like romanticism and stuff where love becomes very, very emotive and, uh, sensual and things like that. And, and the individual is in their emotions forefront. Are for, at the forefront. Right? Yeah. As, yeah. A, as a response to kind of the, mechanistic view of like the enlightenment for example so again we have society moving towards seeing love as you know flowers and butterflies (laughs) rather than (laughs) duty and loyalty Uh And and it was really a reaction against kind of like a loveless view of a mechanistic world that came about with like the enlightenment so all these things bring us to our contemporary moment where we know love is more than emotion and yet our primary access to the love of god Especially in Christian spaces, I think, is mm-hmm. tied up in how we're experiencing that emotionally and how yeah. we're, you know, responding emotionally. If we can sense, right. like, oh, God feels love for me like a lover. Uh, yeah. And, and so much of our worship language kind of weirdly reflects right. that kind Definitely. of like erotic almost love. You know, or if I can muster up the passion to love God in response, then, then we're on the right track. And... We are just missing so much of Mm -hmm, that bigger picture mm -hmm. of God's love. Yeah. What then happens is that creates tension within us. That creates a tension because, one, romantic love is hard (laughs) when it's based on emotions.
0: Fleeting.
1: Fleeting, yes. uh, Comes and goes maybe at times (laughs) based on circumstances. Yeah. And our faith reflects that same tension. Yep. Um, And then it becomes very hard to express the kind of love towards others or other groups
0: mm. that
1: God expresses when we don't have that kind of loyalty, steadfastness in our wheelhouse.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, God is loving you right now as you are, listener. God is loving you right now as you are. And that's bigger then God has a feeling about you. Mm -hmm. Which I think when you put it into that kind of... This huge concept into, for me, that personalized sense, that's really good news.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: that's really good news. God is loving you right now, and that's more than God has some kind of feeling about you.
1: Yeah.
0: But what... Tell (laughs) me more about what that is. Yes.
1: So the problem... Again, just to bring it down, make it a little more practical, is we've taken the metaphors and we've made them the foundation, right? So primarily romantic love, passion. The other big one is parental love, right? God is a loving parent. Which
0: is all over the place. place, And it's true.
1: It's true. (laughs) The, The problem is because these pictures of love have become the foundation for our understanding, when we then experience them imperfectly in the world our view of God's love is really Mm -hmm. warped. If we have a bad romantic Mm -hmm. encounter, if we have a really failing marriage, if we have hardship with our children, if we have terrible parents, all of the above, it can come to really shape our understanding of God's love because we've been told that God's love is like these things. Right. Whereas these things actually should be like God's love.
0: Right. You know,
1: pieces of the bigger puzzle.
0: It is. I mean, I don't like math, but, there is an order of operations here.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a good good metaphor. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Don't worship it, guys. <laughs> no.
1: So then, you know, then you have to ask, well, what is the foundation, right? If we've made mm. it into... into Romantic some, love. Right. If we've made it in, in the illustrations in the world into the foundation and those aren't it and that's not doing it, what is the foundation? And here's here's the big thing, Right. The love of God, like we said earlier, is God's reparation of relational breakdown. Hmm. God repairing relational brokenness. Okay. We put that as harmony, right? Yeah. If you look at at the, the story of Genesis, kind of the problem as it exists, it's, Sin, brokenness, broke relationship between humanity and God and humanity and humanity and humanity and self and humanity and creation. Right. And God's love is the repairing glue that is seeking to put all those relationships back in order. And when we read about the love of God and the Bible, and if we understand it in its cultural context, we see that that love is almost always about fidelity Mm -hmm. and repair and steadfastness, even when the other party is in the wrong. Hmm. You know, grace and and love can't really be separated because there is that kind of unmerited nature of God's love to say, I will continue to love you despite these circumstances. And so what we want people to hear, maybe above anything else, and what's super important to us in this heart of reclamation is the idea that you are loved deeply right now completely absent of any effort on your part to be loved Hmm. or to earn that love. Yeah. And I don't know. There have been times in my Christian faith where that feels cheesy and simplistic, but it's also super revolutionary and important. Right. Because the problem we're seeing in the world right now is not people who feel like, Oh, I hear that God loves me and I understand it so much (laughs) that I'm just bored of it. It's, we see, (laughs) right. The problem we're seeing, the, 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 reason so many people are fleeing the church is that they don't feel that the church loves Mm -hmm. or that Christians love, or maybe that they are loved, or maybe that there's even a God who loves. And so what has happened to get us to this point where the almost central concept of the story of God, which is his love for his creation... Has been so disrupted that people are are fleeing that story. Hey everyone, if you didn't see that wrap up music coming, we can't blame you because this is actually about halfway through uh, our conversation on the love of God and this topic. This. Talk we had was so dense and we covered so much ground that we decided to split this episode up into two parts. So we are going to push the pause button right here and we're going to drop the second half of this conversation next week. And trust me, it's uh, just wonderful, wonderful uh, engagement with some of the application from the ideas that we talked about in this episode. So we do hope that this has been thought provoking, challenging, and hopefully too a blessing. And we encourage you to tune in next week as we uh, continue with this conversation about rethinking, redefining, and hopefully broadening a definition of God's love in a way that truly impacts our lives and our faiths. Thank you so much. Have a great week.